What's up, coaches? We are really excited that the paperwork is officially in, and we can finally announce that we are now sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible has worked with us and is giving our listeners one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. They will give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up, and every month after you get one audiobook credit for $14.95 a month. However, you can cancel at any time in the first month and still get to keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches, like Bill Walsh's The Score Takes Care of Itself, Urban Meyer's Above the Line, Alex Kirby's The Big Book of Belichick, Tony Dungy's Uncommon, and many other big-name titles. Me and Walls are both getting signed up for Audible, and we'll keep you guys updated on the books we're listening to. Again, go to rtpbook.com to get your free audiobook and a month subscription that you can cancel at any time. That's rtpbook.com. We now have two designs available at our RTP store, uh, available as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. Our newest design is a cardboard sign that has Will Block for Food and Sharpie lettering inspired by my days in Houston. Check out our store under the store tab at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It's the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Chris Fisher, offensive line coach at Ridgepoint High School in Missouri City, Texas. Coach Fisher is considered the godfather of football coach Twitter chats as he started Texas High School football chat in January of 2015. Coach Fisher also coaches the offensive line and teaches aquatic science at Ridgepoint High School. Listen as Coach Fisher talks about pioneering Twitter chats for coaches, teaching outside zone and toss for his offensive line, and teaching a really fun science to young people. You can follow Coach Fisher on Twitter at Coach Fisher underscore RP and at TXHSFBChat. And you can participate in his chat on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Central. All states and coaches are welcome to participate, and I know we'll see you there. Hope you guys enjoy. Coach Fisher, it's Coach Walls, man. It's finally nice to uh, to meet you. Glad to have you on here. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, I enjoy doing these things. I'm glad you all invited me. Perfect. Yeah, man. Well, hey, we're excited, so we're going to go ahead and, and get going uh, with you. Uh, coach, you are uh, an offensive line coach at, at Ridgepoint in, uh, in Missouri City. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, we're just southwest of Houston in uh, Fort Bend ISD. Which is the 11 high school district uh, down here, one of the bigger district districts in the state. And yeah, I've been here. I've been at Ridgepoint for this is my seventh year. The the biggest question, you know, and we'll get into uh, the Texas high school football chat and a little bit about your offensive line. But the biggest question that, that I got to know is, do you and does everyone on your staff know uh, the lyrics to the Mo City Dawn freestyle? Because I I feel like that's got to be. Um, a must if you're in Missouri City coaching? Uh, you know, I, I can't say that I know that, but I can say that uh, we do have 
one, uh, one of Scarface's children on our team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, well, Coach, um, obviously we, we had Coach Schiffman on already, uh, and he does the hog football chat. And, ta- and talking to him and Coach Dingus, you know, they, they call you the, the godfather of it all. So um, you started Texas High School football chat. How'd that get going? And like I told those guys, I, I didn't even know before hog football chat that hashtag actually did anything. So how'd you kind of learn about, about how to use that and how'd you get the idea to get it started? Right. Um, so uh, I teach as well. I teach um, high school science. And so, you know, the, the class that I teach, it's aquatic science. Um, so I don't really get a whole lot of good professional development for that from my school district. Um, so I was big on Twitter because of my kids, you know, they were on Twitter. So I got on Twitter so I could talk with them a little bit more. And I started following these different, uh, teachers and stuff like that. Um, and I noticed them doing these, uh, hashtag Twitter chats. And so I participated in some, there's, there's a big one. There's text, uh, TX edu chat, text edu, edu chat. That's a lot of fun on Sunday nights and a lot of good, a good one. Uh, lots of great information. That's, I mean, really where I started my, <clears throat> my time as far as participating in chats. And then, uh, I guess it was later that fall. Um, there's a Facebook group for Tex high school coaches and, and one of the coaches posted, you know, uh, started just getting to know everybody and, asked everybody to post their Twitter handle and a ton of guys put their Twitter handle. And so I was like, well, this many Twitter guys, uh, we should, you know, we should do a football coaches chat. And so one of my, one of my friends encouraged me to, you know, just set it up. And I was like, okay. So I I actually uh, did a lot of research and, and, uh, and I reached out to those people that do the education chats and uh, to see what they do and, and see how they uh, put it together and, and what different apps and stuff that they use. And so once, once I came up with the hashtag and a, a date that really just fit my schedule more than anything, um, I put it on, I started it in January of 2015 for the first night, like January, about mid January 14th or 15th, something like that. And uh, I want to say like 10, maybe 14 coaches got on that night and just because I mean and nobody knew what to do they're like okay what do we do and I was like well <laughs> it is. yeah so I rolled out the questions you know they answered I mean it was 14 coaches and I, I want to say there was something like during the hour there was like 50 tweets total but everybody was like, oh, my God, that was that was a ball. You know, they just had so much fun. And so the next week, you know, through Twitter, you know, word of mouth and everything and word of tweet, um, it caught a little bit. So the next week we probably – we I know we more than doubled it. I don't remember the exact number. And then, like, not long after that, we were pushing 100 coaches it, uh, just participating. And it was – and it jumped up and I was – uh, I was sorting through because I do an archive after the day after the chat. Usually, I was sorting through like 600 tweets, you know, at a time. <laughs> Some in the spring, I was like, "Wow, that's a this is a lot." 
so it really blew up really fast and uh, been fortunate to be able to keep it up for the past three years. And you can find that archive on, on your website, is that correct? Yes, uh, that, and that's just uh, txhsfbchat.com. And that was probably, uh, looking back in hindsight, probably pretty smart of you to put make sure and put Texas high school football chat in it because uh, anyone that's been around anyone from Texas knows that you, you slap Texas on something and, and those guys are going to lose their minds about it and they're going to love it. Oh, yeah. And that was another – like when I first started, uh, the guys would be like, hey, I'm not from Texas. I'm from like, <laughs> North Carolina. Can I do this? I was like, yes, you can. I can't. There's, there's, there's no bouncers on Twitter, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah. Come, so, it's really – yeah, it's spread a lot. Um, I have guys from all over the nation – uh, every Wednesday and then every once in a while someone will poke their head in from like England or Australia uh, Finland all the coaching American football in those uh, foreign countries this is pretty cool coach how's it kind of evolved as, as as you've gone along here I know you know, early on you probably had to do all the the questions and then I just saw you know last week you know coach Maddox a guy that I coached with in, in Oklahoma for a while you know, you've had him on. Can you maybe kind of kind of explain how it's it's kind of evolved from then, other than just becoming you know huge in the original Twitter chat for football coaches? Sure. Um, well, uh, you know, like you said at first, I mean, I, you know, I'm pretty much formulating the questions most of the time. Uh, but like uh, the first year I did it, I started to do. I would I reached out to some college coaches because I was thinking about you know just. What, what is a way, you know, what, is, what are the other things, what are other things that people go to clinics for? And I know I'm, and a lot of guys like to go listen to college coaches. So I reached out to different college coaches and, um, you know, had them come on and talk about, you know, their stuff. So like one of the best, one of the best uh, coaches we had, really a couple of them, one was uh, Mike Canales, who at the time was at North Texas, yeah. at UTEP now. Um, he came on and talked about red zone and that went crazy. Um, and then, uh, later in the year also, um, he's the, uh, the head coach at Howard Payne now, Braxton Harris. And he was a, he was the defense coordinator at Texas Lutheran at the time. He's another one. He, 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 he DMs me every year because he's like, Hey, when can I come back on? When can, he loves doing it. And so, you know, getting those college coaches on helped uh, helped with exposure, and also it just kind of helped you know, kind of bring the clinic home to people that you can't always get to clinic every single clinic every week. You know, and then um, you know the the thing that's uh, as it's evolved, really, it's just more so how much. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, because it's still, I mean, it's still the, the same, you know, it's always, it's pretty much the same format. Uh, it's really, it's kind of evolved how I feel like I'm evolving as a coach, um, you know, on the things that I think about and what's going on in our own program, as well as, you know, different topics and stuff that impact football. So, like, early on, you know, I tried to get a lot of X and O and a lot of X and O, but now, I mean, to me, like the focus, there's a, so much focus on culture. And that's one of the things that we're, you know, discussing in our own program as well at Ridgepoint uh, that, you know, that's kind of been my focus 
a little bit lately too, been more uh, culture driven than X and O driven. And really to me also, I mean, the, the chat has blown up and increased football talk on Twitter so much that, I mean, there's guys like uh, Slade Singleton who gets on there every day, like Monday through Friday and has a different hashtag every single day. And it's all X's and O's, which is really awesome. But it, you know, to me, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in the X and O chat all the, I mean, here and there, but you know, I like to mix it up and get other people, um, you know, get, get other thoughts and, and uh, their opinions on things. As you said, the great part about it um, is, is you get to, in my opinion, so much more information from these chats, and, and that's why we wanted to start the podcast. But you get so much more information when you really get to talk to coaches than you do at a clinic where you get, you know, maybe 30 minutes of them talking about uh, their other coaches and then 20 minutes of them talking about stuff that they don't really want everyone else to hear where it seems like uh, on some of these chats, coaches really get to open up and they're excited to kind of share what they do because – uh, you know, it's what they do. And then they're also excited to see how other people solve that same problem. So, um, and then you get to do that from the comfort of your own home. You get to really learn and ask the questions uh, that you want answered uh, from some big time coaches. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've heard someone uh, basically kind of compare it to like going to a clinic and it's like a, it's, it's the napkin, it's the napkin at the bar session, you know, which is what the chat is. I mean, basically you're sitting there going back and forth with somebody and, you know, you can upload pictures and diagrams of your plays and you sit there and go, well, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Like you said, you, you can't, you don't get that opportunity at a clinic all the time from a speaker. So, Coach, have you heard any stories about guys, you know, maybe networking through this, they all of a sudden meet a new friend and maybe get a job through something like that, I guess. To me, that was always kind of like, you know, I bet there's guys out there, you know, getting jobs through the, the platform that you're providing. I have. Uh, I know there's been some guys that have told me, you know, that, that it helped them get exposure to other people and to other programs. Um, I've, I have people reach out to me all the time asking, you know, how can I get into – how can I come to Texas, you know. So I try and – you know, give them some tips and pointers and everything. The first thing I tell them all the time is to join our coaches association, you know, so that we can get, they can get access to the job board and just the great organization that it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th they, I think it hadn't paid, it hadn't done anything for me, but, <laughs> but well, not, you're, you're all coach. You're already big time, man. I'm not looking anyway. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, I know some guys. They have talked about how they've uh, they've been able to talk with other guys and and uh, and use use different things that they've picked up from each chat. They've used it in interviews and and uh, and and it has helped them get a job. It's kind of neat. It is neat. Coach, I was kind of curious when you go to these clinics, and I've you know obviously in, in researching you before we called, um, you know looked at you had quite a few interviews when when someone meets you or they know of you, is it more the time uh, coach Fisher, the offensive line coach at Ridge point, or is it um, coach Fisher, the creator of Texas high school football chat? Um, it's probably more often. I mean, when it's coaches, yeah, it's probably more often Texas high school football chat right now. Um, just cause I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, sure. we're, we're pretty decent at Ridge point. We're, we're winning some games, but you know, I mean, 
Heck, y'all are offensive line. One of y'all is an offensive line coach, right? Yeah, we both. I, I coach it now, and Coach Walls uh, used to. Okay, yep. so y'all know what it's like being that guy. I mean, sure, we are. <laughs> I have parents on our football program that don't know who I am. <laughs> but if I mention my online presence, my Twitter presence, they're like, oh, yeah, Coach Fisher. You know? so. <laughs> oh, that's you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great. Um, and, and then kind of my last thing, the, my question of, of the chat is, um, you know, we, we've seen a bunch of different chats pop up with Hog Football Chat in Florida, and, and, you know, it goes on and on, Air Raid, and I'm sure there's even some chats that, happen on the same day on Wednesdays that maybe I don't want to say take away from, but um, you know, other people are, are, are using instead of Texas high school football chat, or maybe along with, um, you know, and as a coach, you're, I would assume pretty competitive person like all coaches are. Uh, was there a point in time where you were kind of, um, you know, a little bit got competitive with these, with these other chats popping up or was it something that, you always just loved and, and you were hoping that they'd add more and more? Um, you know, it's a mix of both. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, man, one more chat, you know, but then there's, I mean, but, you know, you think about your, I think about like my schedule and my time and I think about other guys and their time and their schedule. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, you sure you could probably there could be a, there could be too much but at the same time there can't be just because it, it does give more coaches opportunity to get together and learn and that's really the attitude that I've come to embrace now it's just like I think you know uh, the, the more guys talking football on Twitter is cannot be a bad thing that has that is definitely a good thing and it's good I mean even if it's for another chat it's still good for Texas high school football chat because it's uh it's one of those things that's become you know one of the chat that everybody kind of knows and they're like oh yeah that one you know and it, that's every Wednesday you know and uh air raid chat is one that's up that runs up against me I think but but those I've visited with those coaches that run it and they're great guys, you know, I mean, and, and they have the same attitude. They just want to talk football and, and it's, you know, when they're able to do it and, and it's just one of those things. And sometimes they might have a few more guys than I do. And sometimes I might have more than they do, but it's all right. You know, we have more coaches talking football and sharing, which to me is a lot different than what, it, what, when I first started coaching, because everyone was like guarding their secret sauce, you know, and now, everyone's you know on twitter at least there's there's a lot more openness that's exactly right that's what it seems like to me as well it, it seems like it, it used to be just so closed off and you know i was only a player you know a few you know whatever 20 10 15 years ago but it seemed like everyone was a lot more guarded where now you get them on these chats and, and they're extremely open because they're excited to get to talk about what they've been doing yeah exactly you know and they get to show off a little and and it's a great, I mean, to me, it's also a great avenue because all these, all these coaches, their, their players are following them. So it's a great avenue for the, for the coaches to not only talk and learn and grow prof professionally, but they're also being a, an example for their kids and showing them, you know, hey, this is how Twitter should be used. This is a way that you can reach out and actually benefit your life and somebody else's. I think that's an awesome point. I think anytime you can show kids, you know, the, the positives of what you can be doing with, with social media, I think that's awesome. So 
I, I think uh, w- what you've done, you know, Coach Fisher, with uh, with getting this started and kind of being like, you know, uh, Schiffman and Dingus call you the godfather. I know we're all extremely appreciative of you doing that. But uh, I'm going to shift gears on you because I know there's a lot more depth to you than, than just the uh, Texas high school football chat. So uh, I guess we'd like to hear a little bit about, you know, w- what kind of offense you guys run at, at Ridgepoint and then maybe some of the, the schemes that you're having to teach uh, as an offensive line coach. Sure. Um, we run – our head coach likes to call it uh, power spread – so basically what, what it is, is we, um, I worked with him uh, at Clements before I came here. And uh, the system that we run was all based in the wing tee. We used to run wing tee plays out of the eye. And then when uh, Ridgepoint opened and uh, we came over here, we started converting those to basically the, the, shot, the shotgun and then uh, now pistol you know, spread formation offense. So we're really kind of multi-formation wing T style play. So we're running, you know, we're running the, uh, the toss. We're running ISO. We're running uh, power. Um, but we all, you know, we also run inside zone and uh, outside zone, um, you know, and those things. So, that, I mean, that's basically what we do. And so we, you know, we, it's, it's become a very flexible system for us uh, because, you know, and by incorporating the spread, it's become very flexible because now, you know, okay, we don't have that big, you know, that really aggressive kid to play fullback, you know, that, so let's spread it out. Let's go one back, you know, and we've been fortunate. We've had a, a pretty good tight end the past few years. So, you know, we've been able, been able to, you know, attach him to the line or put him out. I mean, it's, it's, been, a, it's been a really successful offense for us. That's something that we've done at Broken Arrow and, and hope to have had, you know, wish we had – we could do it a little bit more. But, it, it, like you said, if you can get a really good tight end where you can stay in the same personnel but line up in uh, 11 or 10 or 20 all with the, with the same guy, it, it really seems to put uh, a defense in a bind. Oh yeah, definitely. I've been I've been studying a lot of the uh, the UCF film uh, lately. That's kind of one of the the off season things I've tried to do, and you, you see that's one of the things that that Coach Frost definitely does. You know, for one, if you're a tempo team, you're not substituting, so it allows you to go a little bit faster. And then they're running every single formation known to mankind because they got you know two hybrid running backs, and they usually have two pretty good sized receivers that they can line up. You know, either in-line guys or or stand-up guys. So definitely gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, Coach, your guys' most productive run scheme, you talked about all the different schemes you you guys had run. What, what would you say is kind of your bread and butter and, and the most productive for you guys? Um, well, we always we always want to run outside zone. I mean, that is, that is our bread and butter. We want to be able to, you know, we want to be able to set the edge and, uh, you know, just – give that give that running back the ladder to run all the way up the sideline um uh so the most of the time that's been our best play that so a mix between that and power uh you know but you know being a flexible system one year we did have a good or a really stacked offensive line we had three guys uh end up getting d1 scholarships and they were really big guys too so I mean, outside zone was not good for us really much at all, just because they weren't they weren't 
quick enough really to really get the edge but inside zone was amazing you know because they were just mashers <laughs> so i mean we ran inside zone we'd run iso and i mean we didn't have to worry about setting the edge because we were just crushing them up front so <laughs> it's funny you don't, have to, don't have to don't have to set an edge when you're creating a new line of scrimmage every time. That's kind of fun, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's fun when you can sit there and go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, we'll get four to seven yards on this for sure. So. <laughs> Coach, you talk about you were in, you know, you're, you guys moved to gun, uh, and that outside zone is one of your uh, bread and butter plays. So do you guys do that out of, out of pistol and offset as well? Or, or what is your out, you know, if you do, do you have to, call it something or let the offensive line know that it's different if the guy's in offset or pistol or or how do you guys uh how do you guys work that with your outside zone uh we will set him uh most of the time he is in the pistol so the quarterback will reverse out and then pitch it um but sometimes he will just be offset and then just cross face and really we don't tell the offensive line anything we're we're one of those tempo teams that we are uh we're signaling in the play to the skill kids, and then the quarterback gives the, the offensive line one word that tells them direction and scheme. And so the offensive line has no clue what formation or um, what the actual play may be, just the blocking scheme that they're, that they're told to run. <laughs> right. So they go, they're off to the races, and they go. So really what's – I mean, the – you know, with the with it being offset or or behind in the pistol, really we put then we put the onus on the running back to make the proper read. You know, whether he follow, follows that wall of butts out to the sideline or does he see that hole to cut up early? So, so you guys toss out a pistol. Does your running back have to take a false step or anything, or or since you guys pitch it, he just gets to take off uh, when you guys toss it out a pistol? He takes off because with the with the shotgun snap out of pistols, so um, he does take off, I think, early. To be honest. Okay. I, I'm just asking what – it's no, something – I don't know if I actually know the answer to that. <laughs> sure. I, I'm just asking. That's something we've been, we've been battling with. Um, you know, we're under center most of the time, but, but we've got to be able to run a little bit of outside zone from pistol, and it's something that hasn't necessarily timed up very well with us. So – I, I just just asking out of curiosity for myself, really, just I think to. If anything, he take he might take a drop step. He doesn't take a counter step, but I know that. But he, if anything, he takes a drop step, just to just to get him on the path of going downhill towards the, you know, to, right off the right off the uh, end man's butt. Right. Um, what what's some with with outside zone? What are some things that you do with your offensive line to make them? Uh, be better outside zone blockers. What are some drills you guys use or what are some some uh, talking points that you use with these guys so you guys can be effective at outside zone? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, we step every day and we'll get them in the grid and we will, you know, we get that first step, second step, and then we'll do the, I'll, I'll just say a full progression. So they'll do one step, two step, and then basically go through it and then act like they're, working up and so what you know we want them to uh, yeah. so we'll practice it doing that and then uh we do one of my favorite things to do is a reach drill where basically just partner up across from each other 
and uh, both guys are on offense, and they're trying to set that outside edge, trying to get outside and then physically turn them back inside. That's what I tell them. And so they'll, uh, it gets to be pretty competitive. Um, so, you know, we can't do it too much because they'll, they'll go. <laughs> I mean, some, you know how it is sometimes. They'll, yeah. Especially if they're equal. And then really not setting the edge, they'll just run forever. And there's a ditch on the other side of our practice field, so <laughs> <laughs> run them into the ditch. Stop them, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they'll run them off the field. So, that's a that's a great drill. I I stole that from Walls. Walls, maybe you can talk about it a little bit. Where as far as where you got it or whatever. But um, I I love that reach drill, and that's what all we call it is reach drill. But just like you said, Coach, we we put two offensive guys and we tell them to to reach each other, and and it's like you said, it gets competitive, and it's some of our, the best work that we could possibly get. Oh, it really is. And to be honest, I enjoy doing it. You know, I do it in and out of pads. Um, you know, out of pads, I don't have them turn on. Just basically have them, you know, cut across the other guy's face. Yeah. You know, and then once we get in pads, then we start putting hand placement and turn. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, th- I think it's an unbelievable drill because, like you said, you know, number one, it's competitive. And anytime it's competitive – you're, you're going to get maximum effort out of the kids. And then I think n- number two, it's, it's a conditioner. So I, I like to do it at the start of practice because I always thought it kind of got those guys lathered up pretty well, maybe get, a little, get them a little bit tired because that's how they were going to have to play in the game. So all of a sudden now you, they, they don't really think about working that hard, but now they get back into practice and they're, they're a little bit tired and it forces them to think, you know, kind of the, the same thing we do with like a screen drill. You know, it gets those guys running. It gets those guys thinking, like, you know what? I'm a, I'm an offensive lineman, and I'm a, I'm a good athlete. So, so I, dude, I love that drill. Great drill. Yeah, it is good. And like you said, I do it about the same time you do. If, I, if the days that I do it, I do it as soon as we're done stretching. You know, when we get over there, and like, all right, let's do a reach drill. Boom, off to the <laughs> get them, get them going. <laughs> and it's fun it's fun too because then you get i mean you get some of your good guys you know i'd, I'd do that because the guys i'd win all the time so i'd feel like okay they weren't getting any adversity because they wanted to go against their buddy so then i'd, I'd put their buddy out you know like he was a three technique mm. and then they'd be like coach what the heck man you know like hey, I don't, i'm gonna make you work today you know so right. you could always kind of handicap it a little bit too <laughs> we stole good. we stole that drill and used it a little bit with pass pro as well so you know, when you get that defensive lineman that works inside and you, you always work keeping that post foot up. So we, we, start them, we start them off with their post foot up and, you know, opposite guys facing each other. So they're, they're both the same post foot side would be up. And uh, the, the drill is try to post down um, faster than, than the other guy. So we kind of morphed that into using it in, in pass pro as well. And it's one of the best off-season drills that we can use because just like in reach drill, it, it's competitive. and and guys have to do it really quick, but still keep their form. Oh, that is pretty good. I like that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, coach, on, on backside of outside zone, getting back to it a little bit. Um, do you guys cut? I know you you can cut even at second level in Texas. We can't in Oklahoma. We can't on the on the line, but we don't see many teams ever use cut blocks in Oklahoma, even even on the defensive line, but we do. So I was kind of curious on outside zone, uh, uh, do your, does your backside cut on outside zone? Uh, yes, and we'll cut front side too. We'll, once we set, like, we see a lot of uh, uh, odd, odd front defenses. So, like, if the, let's, say the, let's say we're uh, 
the tackle or the tight end, you know, let's say we're, we're in a tight formation. So the tight end will set the edge and then the tackle will come up and bump him up. And we want that front side tight end to go up and cut that play side backer that's uh, scraping outside. We want him to cut him down. And really the same thing for any of, the, any of our guys that once, you know, once their uncovered backside partner overtakes for them, we want that front side guy to work up and go cut a backer down. You guys do the same thing with the fullback, too. If you guys run any, you know, lead stretch or, or force, you guys telling him to, to chop outside leg as well? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah, we put that – we give him that tool to use. We want him to chop him down. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the more guys that are on the ground, the less guys that can make the tackle. What are, what are, some, what are some drills you have for cut blocks? Because, to me, that's one of the, the really difficult ones uh, to practice because it seems like in practice the best way to get any better anything is doing it full full speed but with cuts you, you really obviously can't especially in practice against your own guys so what are some things that you guys use uh, to get better at, at cutting um well in drills we um once a week we do a blocking circuit where we do uh we'll do some basic pass pro footwork and we'll hit the sled. And then we'll also, we have, you know, those tackle rings that people use now. We use them for, we have enough, we have two for offense and two for defense. So the two, when it's our turn on the uh, tackle rings, we use them for cut drills. And so, you know, it's myself and the other offense, uh, my assistant offensive line coach, we, you know, we roll the dummy one way or the other. They take their outside zone step and then they work up and they, they lead and, they lead up on them with their inside shoulder, cut, turn, and roll their back into them. And that's, re- that's really interesting. I- I've never heard that. I-, I love that. We've got some of those um, that I don't think the defense uses nearly n- nearly enough. They're the ones that wanted to buy it. So we might steal that from them and, and get to work on that. I-, I think that's a great idea because I just hate, you know, we've done it with the big yellow bags that stand up for so long because I just couldn't come up with any better ideas to get a moving target. But like you said, with that with that tackling wheel, you get or tackling donut, whatever they call it, I don't know. But uh, you actually get a moving target, and you get guys cutting on, on the move. I, I like that idea, Coach. Oh yeah, definitely. And we do still cut our JV scouts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Do you guys have like a designated cut day? Because that was always when we were in college. It was like I can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday, but that's what I'd have to tell the scout kids. Like, hey, today's cut day. You guys already know. So yeah, you guys bad. have a designated day. Yeah, pretty much. It's like Monday team and then a little bit of Tuesday. So it's about a practice and a half where they're getting cut down. <laughs> not their favorite days, I'm sure. Oh, no. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good for some of those defensive guys, though, because, I mean, heck, you're playing in Texas. I bet you guys are getting cut, you know, a heck of a lot more than they do way up north. So it's not a bad thing for those guys to learn how to play it a little bit, too. Oh, yeah, they definitely – I mean, they you know, they got to learn good footwork, get their hands down and, and move around. So, you know, they got to learn how to deal with it, too. The the other offensive line coach here at Broken Arrow, he uh, – Coach Broyles, he played at Pitt State uh, back when they were, you know, for his dad, um, Chuck Broyles, but back when they were cutting everyone down and they were running, you know, some, some option, different things like that. So they were cutting a bunch and, and they went full – full speed live in the game, uh, you know, in practice against uh, every day cutting full speed. And, and he said, you know, there was a couple injuries, obviously, but it made those defensive players uh, much better when they saw it in the games. And so that was the only way they could really get good practice 
for a team that cuts as much as, as that offense does. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, down here, one of my old high school coaches, he spent some time at Katie, and he was telling me about them. He said they're, they're full cut all through the season, and even on goal line. So the, the Katie defense, you know, in short yardage, you know, they're undercutting the offensive line. And wow. so, yeah, goal line, even the, uh, you know, the, the last full go practice before the state championship game, they're, they were full cutting ones-on-ones goal line practice. <laughs> Katie High School, however many, you know, what do they want, seven or eight state yeah. championships? So, yeah. <laughs> you know. No one will accuse those guys of not playing tough football. I know that. No, they won't. Uh-uh. <laughs> Coach, when you guys practice then, uh, kind of walk me through then your, your general indie period. I know you talked about, you know, doing a reach drill or something like that early. You know, how much indie time do you get for, you know, run game? Do you guys, you know, get, get some more indie time for pass pro after that? Maybe, maybe walk me through a little bit of an indie period for you. Never enough is the answer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, so typically what we'll do – uh, the most, the the day that we get the most indie is on Mondays, and so we'll get we'll get some time with the athletic. The athletic period helps out a lot. Uh, so we have fifth period athletics, so right in the middle of the day, um, and then our after school practice. So after like Mondays, what we'll do is we'll go through a brief game plan of you know what the opponent does, and then we'll get uh, we'll get some indie time there where. And they're just – they just finished a lift, so it's really just a talking time then. It's just kind of going over, you know, what we want to get installed that week and want to make sure that we're really good at running that week and, you know, the defense and everything like that. Just answering the guys' questions and talking to them about, you know, what the what the front, you know, seven is and who they are and, you know, what we can do against them and things like that. So that's, I mean, that's a, that's a very valuable time for us right there. And that can be anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes sometimes. So it just kind of depends um, on how long game plan goes prior to that. Um, and then, so Monday afternoon, what we'll do is we'll come out and uh, you know, like I said, we'll, we'll step, we'll grit up and we'll step. And then, um, you know, then we'll do, you know, whatever drill it is, you know, we need to work on, you know, whether it's a reach drill or, you know, a double team drill or, you know, you know, little five yard fight, one, one, you know, one on one drill, something like that. You know, we'll get about five, 10 minutes of that. And then, uh, and then after that, then we'll, then we'll just start, you know, repping out, you know, our plays against these guys, you know, against their front. So we can go through and, and get, you know, be comfortable with whatever they're, you know, with what they're doing up front and how we're going to block it. And, I mean, even even though we only, you know, the guys may only have, I mean, we only have like five or six runs. And we only have like one or two, you know, I mean, we, we have one main, you know, or we have one drop back protection. We don't, we don't uh, divide up quick game or, or five-step concepts, you know. It's all just one – you know, one drop back protection. So, I mean, we, uh, you know, we just sit there and rep it out, rep it out, rep it out. So that, you know, our guys just basically that's the mode they get in when they hear that word, you know, they get, they get in there and they just go to work and they can rep it out. Just boom. Okay. We've seen that. Let's go. We've seen that. Let's go. 
they can answer every question when I ask it on the sidelines. So. Coach, what's your what's your best um, what's your most valuable as an offensive line coach? What's your most valuable uh, good on good period in practice throughout the week? Um, to me, I mean, the the most valuable one that we do, I think, is when we do a two minute drill because um, we're not afraid to run the ball in two minutes. So we will. And then also, I mean, they're just the pressure because our defense are we, we've been we've been blessed. We've had we've had some pretty good defenses and some pretty good kids. Our defense literally wants to, you know, rip our quarterback's head off most of the time. So there's a lot of there's a lot of competition and a lot of work going into keeping those guys uh, clean and keeping those guys away from our quarterback. So I mean, they get a lot of they get a lot of good full speed reps. Then um, they get a lot of conditioning because we'll we'll get off a good play and then they're having to run downfield and spot the ball. You know, so I mean, to me, that's the most valuable. Uh, good on good time that we do as a team and you guys do that in the season oh yeah we did that's our that's Tuesday during the period so we're in half shell so we don't actually our our skill kids there's no tackling to the ground but it still gets really physical and we do that all season long you talk a little bit about half shell that's one of the biggest things I've seen from my playing days when I was when I was a younger guy it was you know almost every practice we've ever had was in, uh, you know, you had to have football pants on until I got into college where towards the end of my college career, it was almost maybe one day where you put pants on. And, and now in high school, high school that I'm at now, I don't, I don't know that we ever wear practice pants unless it's a scrimmage. So, um, I, you know, that's just kind of something I, I've noticed over these past few years. It's kind of gone away from uh, wearing football pants, but still being able to practice at a really high level and still use a lot of physicality without tackling to the ground oh yeah definitely and that's one of the things that you know because this is only the sixth year of the program uh for at Ridgepoint or is it six yes it is okay um and so like a few years ago part of the part of what we would have to be doing is teaching our kids like Hey, this is how you practice. This is this is practicing smart. You know, this is you know doing your assignment, doing it well, but also protecting our team because you know we, we haven't we haven't had a whole lot of depth either. So I mean, you know, we definitely want to protect our players. And like I said, when you're in half shell, you gotta you gotta know how to. The kids have to know how to practice, and they have to know, you know what's ex- what's accepted and what's expected as well right do you guys find that uh do you guys being in in half in half pads or whatever do you guys you know allow the running back to to get a finish you know to to make sure he's running 15 20 25 yards down the field to me that was always the thing i i couldn't stand is you'd be in half pads and you know obviously he's getting tackled or the defense is just grabbing you know jerseys grabbing shorts and not letting the dude finish, you know, obviously they're, they're not in, in great position either. So, I mean, what, is that one of the things you guys do is, is force them to, to finish runs and things like that? Yeah, we do that. And yep, we force the defense to wrap up rather than just, you know, just like you said, just grab or tag, you know, like, oh, yeah, I was there. But, I mean, <laughs> wrap up, you know. Um, so, yeah, exactly. So, they still practice finishing. They still, you know, run through – you know, the run through the, the play, you know, run through the tackle, 
you know, and, and just go finish it. You know, and that's really the big thing is that, that that's the biggest thing about practicing smart in half shell is how they finish each play. Coach, as an offensive line coach, you almost can't help but watch uh, other teams' offensive lines, uh, offensive line play. So, just kind of a question I ask all the coaches. But when you're watching an offensive line, what would they do, or what would their, um, you know, what would make you think very highly of their coach that that another offensive line would be doing? Hmm. Uh, um. I mean, you know, just kind of. It, how they handle how they handle our stunts and stuff. I mean, just I, I would be impressed watching other offensive line. You know how they work together as a unit, and you know, and just kind of deal with different stunts and pick up things, and then just the way they they gather themselves and get down the field and get ready for the next play. That those are the things that I look for when I see like the other team and what their offensive line does. I want to see you know how they operate together as a unit. I mean, when, when the coach has them operating together and they're like all chummy and having, you know, and uh, slapping five and lining up and then going, going at it again, that's, I mean, to me, that's impressive. I know that, that guy's doing a good job over there with those big kids. Right. And, and, and you talk about, um, you know, hurrying back to the ball, but even for a huddle team and walls, hopefully you can explain, found on this but it was always one of your big pet peeves but even for a huddle team uh that that breaks the huddle can still hustle up to the line out of out of a break yeah dude i i it was one of the things that just bothered me it just it seems like you know you wouldn't have the the focus and the mentality as a team that would hustle the line the guys that kind of walk to the line for me it it just wasn't kind of set in your mind you know I, i liken it to a lot of our kids we're trying to break that habit in the weight room. You know, maybe they're, they're chummy and they're talking rather than being focused and then having some intent when you're walking to the bar, uh, to the bar and I'm going to lift this thing powerfully and as explosively as I possibly can. To me, it's the same thing when you're playing offensive line, you break the huddle. If you kind of walk up there, to me, you're not really setting the stage to get it done. I love what Coach Fisher said. It's the same thing when you're a tempo team. Those dudes should be the first guys on the ball. You know, I mean, it, it, it would really bother me when we're at Tulsa and you're trying to go no huddle and all of a sudden you got one dude that's slacking. So, I mean, that was, that was when you'd hear that O-line coach really getting on. I'm like, hey, we got to get lined up. we got to communicate front, communicate the call. It, to me, it just, it just focused you and got you ready to play. Definitely, definitely. Coach, you, what did what, uh, you say that you teach? I teach a class called Aquatic Science. Aquatic Science. Um, <laughs> We we hadn't talked about this much uh, on the podcast, but we're actually uh, me and Coach Walls are both science teachers as well. I'm I'm an astronomy teacher, and Coach Walls has chemistry, so it's kind of a meeting of the minds tonight. I know now chemistry that's like a foreign language to me though. I'm <laughs> I'm a biology certified, and I chemistry I never took to. Now organic chemistry I enjoyed. Do I remember any of it? No. <laughs> well, hey, that, that makes two of us, so don't feel bad. I don't have to worry about teaching any of that stuff. It's been a long time since I took that. Coach, we had one kid. He was uh, up here. He was a 6'7 receiver, and he, he couldn't come in in the mornings. He's like, Coach, I got a, I got a class over at, uh, at Drake or at DMAC. I can't remember which one of the schools there. And uh, he'd always come back, and I'm like, well, what class you got, you know, at 6, 6.30 in the morning? He's like, well, coach, it's marine biology. Oh, nice. So I'd, I'd always be – I mean, 
and be making fun of them a little bit. Like, Hey man, you can be saving the turtles someday. And you know, don't be, don't be plugging any porpoises, blowholes and things like that. You know, I mean, we, we had some pretty good fun with them, but I always thought, you know, that would have been a real interesting class to take, to be perfectly honest. They didn't have that in the middle of South Dakota where I grew up though. Oh man. I mean, I never heard of that until I started teaching it uh, about 10 years ago, you know, I mean, or maybe 12 years ago now. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great class to be honest. We die we dissect sharks at the uh, at the end of each year. Little uh, dogfish sharks, which are about two to three feet long. Uh, they keep an aquarium all year long, and so they get to raise fish. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. And then if you, on my regular uh, Twitter account on Coach Fisher underscore RP, I'm tweeting uh, marine biology stuff a whole lot there too because my kids follow me there so they you know they get a lot of you get a lot of marine bio stuff there did you said you don't have many people that you know obviously that teach that as well is is that something that you is that a program you started at Ridgepoint or was that already going when you got there um it's not one that I started um it's been in the district for a while uh I took over it when I took over it at Clements, um, I guess my second year there from a, from an old coach that uh, kind of showed me how to do it. And um, back then, I mean, it was just, it's still a science elective, but it wasn't really popular. But I, so I, um, I helped, I built it up and now um, I have, I teach it all day long. That's all I teach is marine biology uh, or well, aquatic science. But um and when I got to when I got to uh, Ridgepoint, I actually had to. When I first got to Ridgepoint, I had to teach something else. I had to teach social studies for two years. So I taught world history, which uh, which I really enjoyed actually. Um, but uh, then the aquatic science teacher, who the first person they had to teach aquatic science, she left for a principal job, and I said, "Well, I'll do it." Um, and so I took it over, and since then, I mean, it's blown up. I think she only had like one or two classes of it then, and then now, so I teach it all day. So I have five classes, and then there's another teacher that has four. And, yeah, it's, it's really grown quite a bit since I've been there. But, yeah, it's a, it is a great class. The kids really love it. It's seniors mostly, which is even better because you can talk to them. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great class. And, like I said, it's a science elective. So I get a lot of freedom uh, to just kind of, I can, I can pretty much kind of make it up as I go <laughs> and get, I get a lot of stuff online uh, for that class. In fact, there's a great uh, science you know, group of scientists called O-Search, which go out and tag uh, great white sharks and other sharks all over the world. And they actually have an awesome iPhone app for O-Search and you can track sharks and you can see where they are. And they and they give the sharks Twitter accounts, and you can follow the Twitter accounts. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, seriously, it's it's really great. I mean, and so yeah, I use them a lot. I use their information that they that they put out there about sharks. It's really, I mean, it's one of those classes that uh, you know what's in the book is really old information for sure, because there's so much new information coming on. Like right now, I'm watching on BBC. I watch Blue Planet two every week. It's I was just gonna say I just watched that first one on the, the Ocean Life. It was awesome. Oh my god! Yeah, the dolphins that are surfing. 
Oh my yeah. God. That was like, wow, this is really great stuff. So, but yeah. I, you got the other ones that, that know that they, they swim through that one. I can't remember what the heck it was, but they're swimming through it and it's got a mucus or whatever that it gives off and it's good for their skin. It keeps them from getting infections. I mean, how, how the heck do the dolphins know that, you know? I know, right? Yeah. It's crazy <laughs> how intelligent these creatures are, you know? I like the one, and then the dolphins again, the ones that like met up with their bigger dolphin friends and had like a, a, a huge dolphin party. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is really awesome. Man. Well, I, I haven't seen that show, but I have watched uh, the uh, Netflix special with Joe Rogan and, and uh, he does, uh, he makes a good point. I don't, he's never seen a dolphin ever get caught uh, by a fisherman. So, you know, they, they got to be smart. I've never seen them get, get caught either, and they're around all the bait all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Coach, we've got a – at Broken Arrow, we've got a really good zoology uh, teacher, in, in my opinion, Andy Summers, so I'd, I'd love to get you guys connected. I, the cool thing to me about those science classes is not to throw any other science teachers under the bus, but um, you can kind of get the feeling that some science teachers are, are a little bit brainy, and it seems like – from, from my experience, the zoology teachers, biology teachers are the ones that really get out there and they enjoy nature and they, you know, uh, you know, I know C Coach Summers hunts and fishes and, and does some stuff that he gets outside of the classroom and, and for whatever reason, you know, not for whatever reason, I get it, but the kids really love that and they enjoy that and they feel that passion from those teachers as well. Oh yeah, definitely. That's one of the things, we do a fishing project every spring. In fact, you know, like right before spring break, I'll give my kids a fishing project where they have to go try and catch fish. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a class. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you if you guys did a freshwater one too, and it sounds like you guys do, or they get to go out and actually do some, some fish and, you know, make them bait some hooks and, and yeah, catch exactly. some stuff. <laughs> oh, man, it is a lot of fun. I'll, yeah, I'll get out there. I'll send them. Mostly I want them to do it on their own, but I'll get out there and I'll, I'll give them bonus points if they can find me and, and I'll, and go fishing with me. So it's, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's do awesome. Do you give them bonus points for, uh, for shark week stuff that they do too, or not? I actually, uh, I like right now, uh, they do have an extra credit opportunity by watching the blue planet too. And, uh, they can do, there's like documentary review that they can do. Or I told them like, if they watch every episode, and put together some presentation, you know, I'll really hook them up. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's great. Well, well, coach, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, obviously anytime, you know, a, a coach takes us, takes an hour out of their, out of their busy schedule with, with teaching and coaching and their family, uh, we really do appreciate it. And, and we love that, that you took the time to talk to us and, I just want to remind all the coaches, right, uh, go to Texas High School Football Chat on, on Wednesdays at, at 8. And um, I don't know how you do it, but for the past three years, you've come up with great questions each week. I think it'd give me a panic attack trying to come up with something every, every week. But you've done a great job, and, and I know I really enjoy whether I'm, whether I'm in it or if I'm just kind of lurking from the distance. Well, I appreciate it, and I, I enjoyed being on here with y'all. Um, just the opportunity to connect with other coaches—that's that's the reason I do. I did take high school football chat to begin with, so it's just opened up these opportunities. 
Um, I do need to shout out my sponsor, if y'all don't mind, uh, Sky Coach. And Sky Coach is a great sponsor, and uh, they do they do a lot to hook up all the um, all the coaches and and help them out a lot. Um, so make sure y'all visit Sky Coach. <laughs> um, I don't know. Do y'all use them? I know Dub said he did last week. Yeah, I was just I was just going to plug them too. I mean, I, I've used both. Uh, I, I've used Huddle Sideline up here, and I've used Sky Coach in Oklahoma. And and straight up opinion from me, Sky Coach is far and away better. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and I'll I'll hop on top of what you're saying. Sky Coach is awesome. The the people that worked there were always awesome to us. If there was any issue that we had or there was something we wanted to add on, they were on top of it right now. So I mean. Highly, highly, highly recommend Sky Coach. Yeah, we have, we have Sky Coach at Broken Arrow, and it's it's worked great for us. And this last year, we just added uh, another angle, so now we're getting uh, the butt shot as well, which oh, nice. uh, really really makes it nice for an offensive line coach. Obviously, oh, yeah. we we loved it. Good deal, but yeah, guys, I I really do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, Texas High School Football Chat every Wednesday, eight o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. And uh, it'll be a great time. That's going to do it for this episode of RTP. I want to again thank our sponsors, Team Attack Academy and Audible. Go get your free audiobook at rtpbook.com. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.